Well, hello, hello, and happy new year, everybody. Wow, what an absolute treat to come back to Karen's Couch bigger and better than ever and to welcome you guys to a brand new 2023. I cannot wait to see how this year unfolds for all of us. I really have this amazing sense that we are walking into a really, um, <laughs> a really powerful year where we really step into the full expression of ourselves. And that's what's driven me to record today's podcast for you. Because I've been seeing a couple of clients as we've come into the first week of the new year for me in my business. And I've been seeing a couple of clients and there's definitely a theme that is unfolding. And that that theme is around full self-expression. But here's the rub. Here's the question that we're going to ponder and dive down the rabbit hole on today. Is if we're going to be the full expression of ourselves, first of all, we must know who the self is. Yes or yes? <laughs> what did she just say? So who are you? If you're going to be fully self-expressed, then who's the self that you're expressing? What is that self that you're expressing? And I want to throw this out there for you guys to ponder and contemplate because as we move into 2023, I really do believe that we are being called to be more than what we ever have been before. And for most of us, we came into... we hit the end of 2022, bloody exhausted being everything that we are and have been. And I honestly don't feel like we have the energy to continue to do that again this year and even up-level it. So what is it that we're being asked for then? If it's not more of the self that we know ourselves to be, then what is full self-expression and how does that play out in a way that's not going to bleed us dry and burn us out? Welcome to Karen's Couch, <laughs> January 2023. We are in for the ride of our lives, baby. You heard a calling from a void deep inside and you answered ready and found yourself here at Karen's Couch. Welcome to your quest of personal mastery. So strap yourself in, beautiful souls. Let's get stuck into this question. If we're going to be fully self-expressed, more self-expressed, be our complete, authentic and congruent selves, who is that self? What is that? And how do we give it permission? to stand at the front of our personalities and be fully self-expressed unapologetically, without doubt, without questioning, without beliefs, without perceptions, without values, without conditioning. How do we do that? So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a hint and I would love to engage in this conversation with you. So if you're listening to this, head on over to the Karen's Couch Facebook page and also the Instagram page. Please pop me a question, pop me your thoughts and your ideas, or if you want to, which would be super cool, give me a call on, at um, speakpipe.com. I'm going to pop the link into the show notes so that you can access that there as well. Speakpipe is a system that I use where you can give me a call and leave me a voicemail message, and I love it when I get those from you guys. So bring on more of those for 2023. But what about 
We start with looking at the self. Before we can be fully self-expressed, we must look at the self and see what that is. And I just want to sow a little seed here because in Mindset Mastery, we dive right into this. Today, I'm going to give you a little snack, I think, that is going to begin to open up your mind about your identity and who and what you think you truly are. And I'm going to throw a spanner in the works by saying, you don't know. You don't know who you are and you don't know who anybody else is either. Because when we look at others, we only ever see a projection of ourselves in some way. So if we don't know who we are, then how can we ever possibly know? think we know our children, we know our husbands, our partners, our bosses and our colleagues and our friends? So that's the challenge, actually, that I'm going to throw out there to you guys today. And I, again, I'd love your feedback and I'd love your conversation about it. Let's explore what I mean by that. Most of our identity, meaning the way we see ourselves, is the way that we relate to the world. So if I see myself as a mother, I'm going to behave in a certain way that I believe mothers should behave. If I see myself as a sister, I'm going to behave in a way that I believe sisters should behave. If I'm going to see myself as a businesswoman, I'm going to behave in a way that I think businesswomen should behave. My labels, the things that I call myself, and that what society calls me determines my identity. It determines how I then take myself out into the world and behave. And it then determines the habits that I form and it determines the experiences that I create, which then coming full circle determines the beliefs that I have, which then determines my self-doubts and my confirmations. And then it forms the thoughts that I have, the dreams, the desires all stem from the identity, which is formed by labels. Now those labels, if I see myself as a mum, which I'm actually not, but I'm just going to use that as an example. If I have a label of a mum, I personally have a belief about how a mum should be. Now my belief about how a mum should be and your belief about how a mum should be are going to be different based on how our mums were with us. And what we've considered and gotten used to societal norms. But is that the truth? Is any of that the truth? Did my mum get it 100% right? I'm actually going to say she did because <laughs> I adore my mum and I don't think she's made any mistakes. But let's just pretend that perhaps mums do make mistakes and let's just pretend that perhaps we make mistakes and sometimes we don't always get it right. But what we're doing in terms of forming the identity, it's built on conditioning. It's not actually built on truth or reality. Conditioning is things that we have learned either from society or from our families and then chosen those things to be true, right and real. And therefore, we go ahead and relate to those things as the truth for us and we take that out into the world and that's how we are in the world. That's our label. I'm this kind of a mum. I am a mum. So what I want to suggest is if we put all of the labels under a spotlight and I say I'm a sister, well, where did I learn to be a sister? Well, I learned to be a sister from my big sister. And I learned how to be a sister from watching my girlfriends with their sisters. And so... My behavior as a sister isn't right. It's not the only way. 
It's my conditioned way of being. It's not reality. It's not a truth. It's not how all sisters need to be. It's just how I need to be. So then, if we use that as an example, I would then look at my sister and she might make a mistake and then I would judge her and fight with her because she hasn't behaved in the way that I think she should behave. But am I right? No way I am not right. I am conditioned. Now let's put another label under the, under the telescope. I'm a teacher. Let's say I'm a teacher. Where have I learned to be a teacher? Well, I've learned how to be a teacher from my teachers at school. I've learned how to be a teacher by watching other teachers. I've learned what they should be doing and I've figured out what they shouldn't be doing and then I formed my own style of being a teacher. Am I right? Is that the only way to be a teacher? No, it's not. But yet, using my conditioned ways of being a teacher, I will then judge others and I will judge them as right and wrong. And I will judge them against my own viewpoint of how things should be. But am I right? I'm not right. I'm conditioned. Let's pop another label. I am a business owner. Now, I have learned how to be in business. I was blessed because I have a very entrepreneurial family. So my dad started teaching me how to run a business when I was four years old, and I remember it very clearly. And then when I grew up, my dad was always my frame of reference until my sister became my frame of reference, and then my brother became my frame of reference. And by then, I was in my 30s, or late 20s actually, and I opened my first business, failed terribly because I was trying to be them and everybody else that I had learned from, and I failed. So then I went back and got a job, and it took me a long time before I opened a business again. I think I was 34, perhaps. So, yeah, I think I was 34 or 35. No, 36. I was 36. So with that in mind, I would then judge myself about how bad I was in business, how I was hopeless. I could never do it. I just didn't have the jelly beans to do it. So instead of me judging others, I was judging myself. Was I right? No, I was conditioned. I had this conditioned mode and this conditioned way of relating to the label of being a business owner. But being a business owner was part of my identity. And when my identity began to collapse around being a business owner, my confidence went with it. My self-belief went with it. I, <laughs> I was a mess for a long, long time because I just didn't think I had what it took. I thought a whole bunch of other stuff where I judged myself and made myself wrong as opposed to simply saying I made a mistake not in what I did, but I made a mistake by allowing my conditioning to determine my expression as a business owner. Mm, let's try that on again. The mistake I made was not about the money that I spent or where I had my office. It was none about those things. Really, on reflection, now that I know what I know about us, our identity, our conditioning, and how we judge so significantly that in actual fact, we are walking around in a conditioned skin bag saying that's who we are. Therefore, we don't know ourselves. 
We don't know who we are because we never give ourselves the opportunity to find out. So the mistake I made in my business was not that I made wrong decisions. The mistake I made was that I was, it was my conditioning that was in business, not Karen Smith that was in business. And Karen Smith, starting from a clean slate of no conditioning and then building from there. That would have been more ideal because then my business could have been an expression of the real me. But I was trying to be corporate. I was trying to be something that actually over time I've discovered I'm really not. And I always knew I never was. I just didn't give myself the permission to acknowledge that because I thought that I had to be this corporate high flyer in order to fit in and to have a level of success. So there it is in a bit of a nutshell where my labels determined the conditioning that I then took on. And then it was my conditioning that went out into the world in all the different aspects as a girlfriend and as a wife and as a partner and as a friend and as a sister and as a a dog owner and as a business owner and as a general manager. Like I had this, it was never me, Karen Smith. It was always my conditioning that went out into the world to fulfill the obligations of my labels. It wasn't until I got blown up in the Bali bombing in 2002 So it's really recent, but it wasn't until then that I felt my personality blow up. I felt that all of my labels and my identities blew up because when I got blown up, I no longer knew who I was. I had to find a new normal for myself. And in that new normal, I had to re-identify who I was. Now I had a choice. I could identify as a Bali bombing survivor. I could identify as somebody with post-traumatic stress disorder. I could identify as someone who was completely broken and suffering. I'm going to be honest, I did for six years. I absolutely did that. There's no getting away from it. But what I am incredibly grateful for is that I began to release my grip on my identity which then allowed me to release my grip on my conditioning, which then allowed me to pair back to a very raw and a very vulnerable version of myself where I had to admit the truth to myself and then act accordingly. And the truth to myself was that I did not know who I was if I wasn't a general manager, a wife, a partner, um, a, a sister, a business owner. If I didn't have all of those labels, I didn't know who I was. And I wasn't willing to carry the label of a Bali bombing survivor any longer than the six years. I wasn't willing to do it. So I had to find the true self. And for those of you guys who know me, you are not going to be surprised by this at all. But what I discovered was the real self, the real me, put me in a room with a hundred thousand people hundred million people, I am wrapped. Fill that room with fluffy puppies and bunnies and let's have some spiritual deep conversations that move mountains. Man, now now that's me. (laughs) That's the real me. But there was a time when in my mind I believed that I would never be accepted if I allowed that real me to be seen because it would never be successful. It would never measure up 
No one ever wanted to listen to that kind of conversation. No one cared whether I lived for fluffy puppies or not. It was not something that ever would build a career or make a life. So I hid it and I cloaked it in that corporate person that existed pre-Bali. After the Bali bombing, I felt, and my recovery from the Bali bombing, that six-year recovery, what I realized about myself was that life was not worth living if I wasn't purely and 100% true to myself, yet I didn't know who I was. So I had to admit the truth that I didn't know who I was and then step into the next moment. And by stepping into the next moment, it allowed me to reveal how I would behave being the real me, loosening my grip on who I thought I needed to be. So if I had to go down to the shop to go and buy some bread, I went down to the shop buying bread, acknowledging that I didn't know who I was. So when I handed the money over, I didn't hand the money over as a corporate high flyer. I handed the money over as a vulnerable, puppy-loving, spiritual, philosophical soul. <laughs> and then when I walked back to my car, I walked back to my car as a vulnerable, puppy-loving, philosophical and spiritual soul. And so my experience of life transformed on that day. And from that day to this day, I am still discovering who I am. I still don't know because there is no knowing when you acknowledge that you're not your labels, there is no end to the depth of you. There is no end to the expansiveness of who you are. You cannot confine yourself to a label. It's like taking the infinite and sticking it in a jar and calling it finite and saying, that's me. You are the infinite expression of the universe that's pulsing through your veins. And then you go and confine it into a set of labels and call that your identity. No wonder we're experiencing life through the lens of such misery and such suffering because it's not just me that did that. 99.9% .9 of us walk around to this day not ever knowing who we are and what we're capable of and never ever giving ourselves the permission to be the fullest expression of who we truly are, not the conditioning that we've had over the course of our lifetime. So I hope that what I'm talking about makes sense to you guys. We're going to go to a super quick break, but we're going to come on back and we're going to pick up this conversation. It's time to transform your life and your experience into the infinite version that you can feel calling you from deep within. Join me at Mindset Mastery on the 10th and 11th of February, live in Mulaney on the Sunshine Coast. Go to mindsetmastery.au and secure your seat. But do it now because there's only a couple of seats left and I cannot wait to share this event with you. So let's try this on. If you are not your labels and your identity and you're not everything that you've thought yourself to be, try it on for me just for one second. Just be willing to give all of your beliefs up just for a minute. You can pick them all back up again in a minute, but just for a minute, just suspend everything that you think you are. Put it all in a basket or just 
Imagine that everything that you think and believe you are is sitting in a basket on your right-hand side. It's huge because it's full of everything that you've accumulated over the years. Fill that basket up, leave it there for a moment. Now have a look and see what it feels like inside of your skin bag. It should feel quiet, whole, a little vulnerable, should feel empty. Now imagine that emptiness meets my emptiness. Imagine you and I now in the state of emptiness, you and I meet each other on the street and we have a hug and we begin a conversation with each other where I might be sharing things that I've done that day and you're sharing things that you've done that day. Would you be compelled to judge me, tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing, how I could be living my life better, the kind of decisions that I should be making and shouldn't be making, how right the world is or how wrong the world is? Would you feel compelled to engage in that kind of conversation? Or would you feel more compelled to engage in a conversation that has more love and light in it? that is more about oneness, that's more about what connects us rather than separates us. Just play with that for a moment. Just entertain that for a moment. And now consider Christmas Day. I don't know what it's like at your house, but I have heard that there are lots of families that really struggle with Christmas Day and they dread going over to mum's, dad's, brother's, sister's, auntie's, uncle's place because they know someone's going to come up with an argument it's all going to turn turtle. Everything's going to be spoiled. So you know you've got to bite your tongue. You can't speak out of tune. You can't say what you think. You know, someone's going to get drunk and it's all going to, it's all going to end up in a disaster. So a lot of people have this anxiety and this tension around Christmas Day. But just imagine for a moment that you take all of your personality, all of your beliefs, all of your past experiences, all of your labels, all of your rights and wrongs, shoulds and shouldn'ts, and pop them all into that basket. You can take that basket and pour it all over yourself in a second, but just for now, I want you to suspend your attachment to all of that, and I want you to loosen your grip on it all and go, rightio, I'm just going to see what kaz has got to say and see if it's fair income, and I'm just going to pop it all into the basket and just see what's left should be that emptiness again. Now imagine walking into Christmas Day at your family's place in a state of that emptiness and holding that space, not picking up your labels, not needing to judge, make right or wrong, just being, just being in the space and making room for everybody else who doesn't know this trick, but making room for everybody else to just be who they are without you having to have an opinion about it, whether that opinion is verbally expressed or whether it's just in your own mind, you're still having an opinion about it. So imagine walking into Christmas Day empty with a sense of nothingness, with a sense of cleanness, where you're not hanging on to how things should or shouldn't be and judging people. It doesn't, it doesn't condone behavior. It just makes room for everybody to be who they need to be. But best of all, it frees you from mentally 
policing everything all the time with everyone. And when we're policing others, we are always filtering it through our own identity and our own conditioning and our own beliefs about how things should be. Are we right? No, we are conditioned. And you know, I'm just going to put it out there. There is no right or wrong. There is only what you make right or wrong. It's all on you. You are determining what's right and wrong in your life. You are doing it all yourself. We all are, by the way. It's not just you, but you're doing it. If I'm talking to you now, you're just doing it to yourself. I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm just talking to you. You are doing it all to yourself. Now, if we want to be fully self-expressed, here's what we know. If you can release your grip on your identity, release your belief about who you think you are and what should and shouldn't be, release your grip on your conditioning, I'm not saying, you know, dismiss it completely because you actually can't do that. There's a neurological process that takes place in the brain that makes our conditioning physical as much as it is mental. So I'm just going to ask you to suspend it for a little bit. But if you're able to do that, then the true self is then able to charge forward. But it takes a moment. It takes a moment of you providing that space or that gap where the true self can then find itself. But the true self, it never wants to hurt anybody. So it never does. Its intention is always love. So that's all that's ever present. Its intention is always bliss, joy, excitement, enthusiasm. Its purpose and its meaning here is to have the skin bag experience optimal experience, optimal living. So anything less than optimal living, and I say bliss, you know, like if you're not hitting bliss a thousand times a day, you're not living, you're, you're conditioned. Because <laughs> it's our conditioning that causes the suffering. It's our conditioning that causes the pain. But the true self, in its state of nothingness, in its state of vulnerability and openness, an ability to just be with everything without having to have a running commentary in between your two ears and without having to police everything, it's just free. And it, it's energy. It's alive. It's vibrant. It's lively, it's light, it's extraordinary, and it really is living. So that is where I encourage you guys, and I'm gonna set the task. Let's all give it a go, even if you can only do it for five minutes and then you get stuck back into your old ways. It's okay, at least you've had five minutes, right? <laughs> but ideally, practice this. Because we want to, in 2023, be able to step into the most authentic and the most congruent version of ourselves. And authenticity and congruence does not come from conditioning. It does not come from what you believe to be true, right and real. And it does not come from judgment of others or of the self. None of those behaviors or none of those attributes actually come from the self. They only ever come from conditioning. Because the true self is nothing but love, light, joy, bliss, and its intention is love. 
So whenever we're feeling anything less than love and that deep abiding sense inside of ourselves that is internally creative, that is exceptionally expansive, 100% open-hearted and completely inspired, when we're feeling anything less than that, no, conditioning is having its way with you. So if something is going to have its way with you, would you rather conditioning or would you rather the self, the true self where your authentic self lives? Which would you rather have its way with you? Now, I know you and I, we feel the same way and we were both charged towards the true self because that's also effortless. It requires no strain. It requires no effort. It's beautiful. It's easy. And are there challenges? Well, of course, there always are. We grow through challenges. But at least you're attracting the challenges that are meant for you rather than the challenges that are meant to challenge your conditioning. Now, there's a big one, isn't it? You know, when we're our authentic self, we are magnetic to our authentic heart's deep desires. And we are also magnetic to the challenges that are going to have our true self develop rather than having those challenges challenge our conditioning, which is why life is so freaking sticky and it is so freaking difficult. It's because the challenges that we're attracting are to challenge the conditioning. They're not about the true self. So it's almost like they're not even yours. So let's give this a go and just see how it feels. Send me a note, send me a comment. I'm so accessible. You guys can email me, message me. I don't mind how you reach me, but I would love to hear how you go with this experiment this week. Um, I'm certainly working on it. I've been working on it since 1991, actually. And to this day, I still can't tell you who I am because it's an incomplete story. I'm expanding daily discovering something new about myself daily and the story will never stop unfolding. Maybe when I die, but who knows what happens after that? <laughs> I don't know. If you know the answer to that, let me know that. So I hope you guys have enjoyed Karen's Couch today. As always, it's a dive down the rabbit hole. I'm so thrilled to have you join me on this ride and I am so honored that you trust me with your listening space and that you experiment with some of the, 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 the aspects of life um, and love and living that I challenge you with. So thank you for trusting me. Thank you for being on this ride. And I cannot wait to see you guys next week right here on Karen's Couch. Enjoy your week. Big love.